How many of you know Matthew 24 talks about the end times? And he talks about uh, several things to watch out for. And he says in verse number four, take heed that no man deceive you. There's several things here that he tells us not to do. Uh, he talks, he warns us against offense in verse number 10. He warns us about our hearts being troubled. Uh, uh, somewhere right in there somewhere. I'm not finding that right now. Uh, but he, there's several things to be guarded against here in these last days. I've had the last days and the end times on my heart lately, and we're going to approach this morning the subject of the local church in connection with that. And so, but he said here in verse number five, take heed that no man deceive you. That tells you there's going to be, well, he says in verse five, many coming in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. So deception, if you study the end times, it's one of the biggest characteristics of the end times. Deception is the biggest characteristic of the Antichrist himself. He is a deceiver. Um, and uh, we don't have time to get into all that, but just know that you need, a, you need uh, uh, to be well grounded in the Word of God in these end times or else winds of doctrines and things that go through could deceive even the elect, Jesus said. And so uh, we don't have time to get into all that, but let's keep on reading in verse number six. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Uh, another word for rumors is just threatenings of war. Uh, see that you be not troubled. There it is. I was looking for that. See that you be not troubled. There's some warnings that we should take heed to in this end times. Against deception, against being troubled in our heart. How many of you know Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled? And so he's saying that to us about these end times. When we see all these things around us, wars and threatenings of wars. I mean, the other day, there was a threat of nuclear war. You know? I mean, if you know, if you're not grounded in the word, you could go, ha, 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 ha. But um, see that you let, uh, let not your heart be troubled, you could say. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not. Now, that, that these things must come to pass. I'll just say this while we go past it. We'll probably spend more time on this later. But these things must come to pass, not because they're God's will. Right. It's because of the condition of man, yes. not because God wills all these things. The tribulation is not God's will. Man brought that upon himself. So anyway, um, he said, all these things must come to pass, but uh, the end is not yet. In other words, what he's sharing here, actually, in this passage, up until verse 15, I believe, uh, verse 15 is the beginning of the tribulation. Before that, I don't think is the tribulation. But wars, anybody seen wars? Nation rising against nation in verse 7. Any, anybody seeing that? If you look up the Greek, it actually says ethnos against ethnos. In other words, ethnic division, racial strife. And uh, that has no place in the body of Christ. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And that love is no respecter of persons. For uh, ethnos against ethnos and kingdom against kingdom, there'll be famines. Well, actually, they're talking about some things this winter in some nations. Just because of the supply chain issues. Famines, he said. Uh, pestilence, that's uh, outbreaks of bugs and stuff like that, or disease it could be even. And earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Notice that, the beginning of sorrows. That's what I wanted to get, uh, get to. This here verse, <clears throat> we're coming back to that, the beginning of sorrows. The word sorrows is very important. And they shall deliver you up and afflict you and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And uh, that's on the rise in our, in our very own country right now. Christians are now, become, now being considered uh, the, the problem. We are haters, you know, and so forth. I mean, I'm talking about in their minds. Um, but we are not haters. We are love people of a love God. And so uh, they'll, that's, he said that would happen. Uh, deliver you up and so forth. Uh, persecuted. In verse number 10, then shall many be offended, boy is that happening, and shall betray one another. You know, they're trying to get neighbors to spy on neighbors. You know, did, did your neighbor follow the, the COVID code, you know? You know, we're living in the middle of all this right now. 
you know, rat out your neighbor because he was doing something out in public without a vaccine, you know, kind of thing. If, if, the, if believers didn't stop this stuff, this nation would be so strange right now. Anyway, um, many be offended, many shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Again, mentioning what he said up earlier. And because iniquity shall abound. Well, that's true. The love of many shall wax cold. Well, that'd be love for God or love for brothers in Christ. And so, uh, you know, sin makes, uh, it twists people. Rather than uh, defend family, they turn against family. Rather than uh, almost die for a child, they'll turn their child over to all sorts of things. They don't have natural maternity bonds or or things like that. That's all because of sin that distorts people's thinking. They have, no, they have no care for the child. Fathers fathering children and just, just saying, I don't even want anything to do with it. That's sin that does that to people. Anyway, we could spend a lot of time talking about all that, as you can tell. But um, look at what he said here, verse 13. And they, he, he that shall endure unto the end shall be saved. That's me. I'm going to stay with the Word of God. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Then, uh, when you, verse 15, when therefore you see the abomination of desolation spoken of in Daniel the prophet, <clears throat> stand by, stand in the holy place. He that readeth, let him understand. Let him that was in Judea flee to the mountains. And he talks about something coming called this abomination of desolation. That's over in, recorded in the book of Daniel. That's the Antichrist. I don't have time to go into all the scriptures about it, but he goes into the new built temple in Jerusalem. There will be another temple built in Jerusalem. Actually, they're ready to start it tomorrow. They just have to get, you know, the, get it all worked out yeah. with the Muslims. <laughs> but that temple will be built again. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and the Bible tells us that once it's built, it's possible that the agreement, remember the agreement that the Antichrist, the Antichrist breaks in the middle of the tribulation after three and a half years, he breaks the agreement with Jew, the Jews. Uh, then all hell, the second half of the tribulation is worse than the first. Am I saying things you don't know what I'm talking about? Okay, you're looking at me funny, but I just want to make sure I'm not losing. I got to make sure the crowd's with me. But, but the point is that that agreement probably is, has something to do with the building of the temple. To allow them to build the temple. Anyway, so, but the point's going to be whenever it's built, the, the Bible says the Antichrist is going to come in and sit in the temple and say, now I'm God. Everybody that worships anything called God, you must worship me. And then all hell breaks loose because yeah. not everybody wants to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Somebody said, well, it'll just be sinners. We'll be gone by that time. We'll be gone by that time. But there's a huge harvest that yeah. comes out of yeah. the tribulation. Yeah. There will be born again people. Yeah. Remember that 144 Jewish evangelists the Bible talks about? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. More power than anybody's ever seen yeah. anybody walk on on the planet. Yeah. On. They will be preaching during the tribulation. Yeah. You didn't think pastor knew all this, but I do. <laughs> But that's, that's all coming to pass. There'll be a huge harvest out of the tribulation. Actually, from the, I, I, I'm not an authority on this, so you understand this part. But it seems to me from the book of Revelation, there's more than one rapture. Seems there's one in the middle of the tribulation. Don't, don't take that to the bank. But I just know what the Bible says about us. That is, we're out of here. And uh, we said a little bit about that Wednesday night. We can't get into all that. But you can see verse 15 is the beginning. Well, it's not the beginning of the tribulation, but that's in this passage, it's the beginning of Jesus talking about the tribulation. I think before that is in our day. Somebody made a statement one time. They said, future events cast their shadow in front of them. Now, what that means is, let's take that when it comes to the tribulation. Why are we talking about this? Because this is coming up real soon. Coming soon to a planet near you. You're beginning to see the beginnings of it. Because future events cast their shadow before them. The tribulation, the world is not just rosy and wonderful. And then the rapture happens and all hell breaks loose. 
It's beginning now. Yes. Not the tribulation. That, that sounded wrong. I didn't mean to say that way it sounded. Not the tribulation now. I'm saying the things that Satan is going to do in big measure is trying to happen now. He's actually trying to get it on before the tribulation. There's somebody holding him back. It's called the church. Even in this nation today, this nation would be unrecognizable if it wasn't for the body of Christ in this nation right now. This nation would be communist. They're already trying it. So, but the point is, I'm not trying to get into all that. I'm simply saying that, that things are going to try to come into manifestation even before the tribulation. And he mentioned some of them there. He said, these things are the beginning, verse 8, the beginning of sorrows. Now, um, the word beginning, can I just, just get into this a little bit? I thought this was the new members class. It is. You're going to enjoy this. The word beginning, uh, I mean, excuse me, the word sorrows is the Greek word for birth pangs. This is what these things are. These tribulations, we're not in the tribulation. I'm not, I, I want to make sure you understand that. But I'm th saying what's going to happen in the tribulation and what's trying to happen now. The church has to stand against it or it would. Um, those things are what Jesus calls birth pangs. <clears throat> birth pangs of what? Of a new age. Go down here. Uh, he said these are the beginning of sorrows. Go over to Luke's gospel, chapter number 21. Luke's gospel, chapter number 21. How many of you know what he's talking about in Matthew 24, and we're going to see it also here in Luke chapter number 21, is to, he's talking about what's going to be happening out in the world around the body of Christ. This, is not, this does not belong to the body of Christ. There's a passage in the middle of this where I'm looking for the reference. Maybe it's, uh, uh, I'm not finding the reference right here in front of me. There it is, Luke 21, 31. Um, no, that's not it. Anyway, there's a reference in here in the middle of it. He said, don't be afraid. Not a hair of your head yeah. will perish. Yeah. That's what's available to people of faith in this era. What's going out? Luke 16? Matthew 21, Matthew 24, Luke 21, 18, not a hair of your head of perish. That's, that's what's available. Will everybody uh, lay hold of that? No. He said, they will kill some of you. But that doesn't mean it's God's will. We see that all through the book of Acts. They did kill James. But the, the church said, wait a minute, wait a minute, we see what the devil's doing. And they started praying, and, and the next thing that happened, they were going to kill Peter, but Peter, all of a sudden, an angel appeared and got him out of jail. God is not out killing his servants. The devil would love to, but we've got to mix our faith with what's available to us, because what's available to us is not a hair of our head will perish. But anyway, Luke 21, look at verse, for my, let's look at verse, uh, let's look at verse, where am I at here? Verse 28, is it? He said here, let's, let's go back in verse number 25 and catch some of these things, which he said in Matthew, just to show you that it's talking about the same thing. There'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations. That literally means wanting in resources. Do you realize how shaky a lot of economies are right now? That's, that's, uh, that's trying to get it on. What are we going to do about it? Well, you stalled on me right there. We have authority over those forces of darkness. You remember Dr. Dufresne here? He saw that demon spreading back in 2008 trying to take the economy down. Remember that? And he, he said, I want you to go to church tonight and have that church. He's talking about our church. Agree with you and bind that thing. And newscaster after newscaster said, we don't understand what's holding this yeah. up. Yeah. 2008, it tried to crash in yeah. 2008. And it's trying again. Because they've been printing money and spending money and printing money. And you can't do that without things eventually going. It's only because of the church. We've got authority and we've got to stand our ground. 
But anyway, he's talking about these things, distress of nations, verse number 20, and uh, distress of nations with perplexity. In other words, nobody knows what to do. And the seas and waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. And when you see these things beginning to come to pass, look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. That's talking about the rapture right there. When you see these things begin, begin, that's when we're out of here. Amen. We're not going through the tribulation. When you see these things begin. But here's what I want you to see. Notice what it says here in, uh, when you see these things begin to come to pass. So we're out of here. We'll see things. It's like dark clouds on the horizon. And then all of a sudden, we're out of here. So that's, our, that's the believer's posture in the last days. Notice that. Look up and lift up your heads. In other words, that is not only, that not only has to do with looking for, looking, uh, for Jesus' return. That has to do with an erect posture. In other words, not bowed down in fear, but bold, strong, victorious. Confident in the one who's taking care of us. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and preach myself happy. But we can see some shadows. We can see some stuff trying. But we can hold it back until until we hear that trumpet. Occupy, he said, till I come. Occupy is an authority word. Take charge. Run things. Hold back the forces of darkness. Continue to get the gospel preached. And uh, hold it back until he comes. And when he comes, that which is withholding is removed and poof. Did you come to church for sound effects or did you come to church for the word? <laughs> Some of you come for the sound effects. Anyway, um, we're talking about what's happening out there. All this that we're talking about belongs to the world, not to the church, not to the body of Christ. I'm getting somewhere to this morning. So these are the beginning of sorrows. In other words, the beginning of birth pangs. Birth pangs of what? He said, your redemption draws nigh. Then he said, look here in, uh, he said there in Matthew 24, don't let your heart be troubled. And then he said in, uh, I'm looking for this, the kingdom of heaven draws nigh. I had it right here written right in front of me. Uh, but he talks about the, Luke 21, 28. Look at that. 31, 31, uh, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Man, I'm, praise the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is nigh at hand. The kingdom of God is nigh at hand. I said these things, these, these, all this turmoil and all this upheaval in our day and from now till the, till the tribulation, what is it? It's birth pang. He said these are the beginnings of birth pangs. Well, birth pangs means something's getting ready to begin. The tribulation is not the end. It's the beginning. People are looking at things wrong. They're looking like, oh, the end, the end. No, the beginning, the beginning. The beginning of what? The kingdom of God. Not the tribulation. I'm not talking about the tribulation. I'm talking about the thousand year reign on the earth. It's the, these things are birth pangs into this new age. So it's a time to be excited. Not a time to be going, running in a cave and, you know, buying food, dry, freeze dried food for. Come on, somebody. By that time, you would be out of here. But we got to see this correctly or else we'll be afraid rather than excited. I'm excited about the kingdom age. We need to teach on the kingdom age because the glory and the prosperity and the peace and the long life 
and the, and, and the age of the kingdom age is absolutely uncomprehendable right now. The Bible says a man that dies at 100 years old, they're going to say, poor child. That's what the Bible says about the kingdom age. <laughs> Nothing will hurt or destroy. Lion will lay down with the lamb. Jesus will rule from Jerusalem, will rule with him and reign with him in glorified immortal bodies. So if somebody says, I don't like you, and they take the sword and it goes right through us, and we go, <laughs> <laughs> and then we go off with your head. They die. What? You better study a little deeper. We're going to rule and reign in glorified bodies which can be there in a second. Something's trying to, okay, we're over 10 cities. City XYZ over here is trying to get out of order. Boom, we're there in a split second. Hi, how you doing? I knew by revelation what you're doing. Stop it. Yeah, come on, come on. You mere mortals. We better study that some more. Some of you are looking at me like, but it's all true. Now, um, somebody said, well, we're going to be in heaven only for seven years. Then Jesus is coming back on a white horse. Amen. And we're coming back with him to rule and reign for a thousand years down here. Amen. I don't know if I want Cedar Rapids, but if the Lord gives it to me, I'll take it. (laughs) Praise the Lord. The Bible says he's coming back with a sword in his mouth. And he's going to destroy the nation. He's going to set his feet on the Mount of Olives. There's a whole lot. We're, we're sharing a lot. That I, I could take you to Zechariah and show you all this. But he's going to set his feet on the Mount of Olives. All the armies that come against Israel will be destroyed with the sword of his mouth. You're coming back too. And I think personally all of us are going to have a sword. But, but we're behind Jesus. And uh, the sword which is the, in his mouth is the word of God. He's going, to, he's going to speak and it's going to be destroyed. And he's going to set up his kingdom. The Antichrist and the false prophet will be thrown in the pit. You know, this Pope could be the false prophet. Well, it's quiet on that, too. <laughs> okay, so what? Whatever. Some... I didn't say that, saith the Lord. I said it could be because he is messed up. Woo-hoo. I don't even know if the man's saved. He, I don't think he can be saved. Anyway. Some of you are really looking at me strange, but that's all right. Though uh, the point is, when we come back, we're going to be riding with him. Now, now um, there's going to be probably classes in heaven for some period of time, how to talk faith, because you're going to come back and you're going to be talking faith behind Jesus. You need to have a sword in your mouth. Because too many Christians would be excited to be there, but don't have faith. So they'll be riding behind Jesus. Oh, that just this thrill you to death. <laughs> All of a sudden, boom, they're translated back to heaven, back in faith school. All right, let's go over confession again. Well, what happened? You said death, and you almost died. You know, anyway, I'm just... <laughs> okay, so back here to... Um, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what this birth pangs are. It's, it's, see, uh, the, the, the birth canal is a narrow channel that there's pre- it's, 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 it's pressed. And that pressure is what we're going through to get into this new age. Amen. Well, anyway, there's a lot I could say. But that's what's happening right now. What he's saying here is that he's going to take care of us up until we're out of here. He's going to take care of us. Do you believe that? There's a great harvest that's to be reaped. That's what our job is down here while, while we're still down here. There's a great harvest to, re- to be reaped and uh, the judgment that is coming on the earth. Really, really, man, I have so much we could say, but um, the end. Excuse me, the end times here before the kingdom age, I'm talking about the thousand year reign when I say that. We're in the kingdom now, you understand, but um, Jesus isn't here physically reigning. Yeah. 
over kings and natural kings and so forth, but he will be from Jerusalem reigning over all nations, from Jerusalem over natural kings sitting on other, you know, roles of leadership. But the, I said all that to say that um, the kingdom coming will be, uh, it's going through this birth canal, so to speak. And there's pressure. The pressure's not from God. It's just simply everybody getting harvest. Harvest, every seed sown has to be reaped before the kingdom age. Or else God's word lied. So it's everybody getting harvest. Those that sow to the flesh, reap corruption. Those that sow to the spirit, reap life everlasting. It's not only harvest for them, it's harvest for us. And our, their harvest is being deceived more and more, being more and more abound by sin, more and more under the influence of the devil, and then hell itself. Our harvest is going from glory to glory. We're in a different flow and a different trajectory than the world. They're going into more and more turmoil, more and more heartache. We're going from more and more into more and more glory. Amen. The end of the church age is more glorious than the beginning of the church age. That doesn't mean the whole world is going to be glorious. It's going to be synonymous. What's happening out there is going to be awful, terrible, perilous, dangerous, everything like that. But what's going to be happening in the church is more and more glory. It's going to be happening at the same time. The Lord said to me recently, because I've, I've preached the end time outpouring of the Spirit and believed it for years, but I said, Lord, there's something else you keep, it just seems like there's something else I need to understand. He said, what you need to understand is, is it's going to be glorious in the church, but out in the world it's going to be terrible. He said, not only are they coming into, the, they're going to be a great harvest in the church because they're coming towards the glory and the miracle and so forth. He said, they're going to be running from what's happening in the world. You remember 9-11, how the church was filled up the next Sunday? Take that times 100. They're going to find they got, somebody knows the answer. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. I don't remember that new building. I was coming in from the airport. Oh, it's wonderful to fly private. But we flew in and we, we came up 380. And there's a new building, BFS or B, 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 a huge building. It's been, they've been building it for a while. It's now finished. And I'm coming up through there and I'm like, that's going to be filled with people someday. I'm talking about church people having church. It's a nice big building. And I won't be able to hold the harvest. See, right now you're thinking, how on earth? Just imagine, all, just imagine 9-11's happening. Now, now, notice something about birth pangs. Um, when they first start, it might be just a little twinge. Okay, I'm just, I'm just assuming I'm, I'm right from what I'm told. <laughs> Standing washing the dishes, a little twinge. Oh, how many of you know you don't call your husband and say, I got to go right now to the hospital? No, it's, that's the beginning. But as it progresses, it gets stronger and stronger. And listen, more and more, or let's put it this way, less and less time between the contractions. Are we seeing that? I'm not encouraging you to be in, t- tuned into the 24-hour news cycle. Because that'll, that'll, make, that'll send you to the insane asylum. That's what we used to call them. I don't know what they call them now. They, they cleaned it up and made it sound nice. But, it's, but, but you, can't, you can't handle all that. I mean, your mind wasn't intended. But see, what, what are they doing? They, but they, they, they uh, report one crisis, blow it way out of proportion, make everybody afraid. And as soon as that's over just a little bit, they invent a new one or create a new one or, or jump on a new one. They just want to keep us, they're not, it's not working on me anymore, but they want to just keep you in upheaval, tense, and mad at everybody all the time. You need to pull the plug. Get tuned into the Word of God. What the Bible says is going to be in the church in the last days. Tuned into that. Anyway, I, I got to get to what I'm saying. Um, so the, the end times are these birth pangs, and there, there's going to be more and more stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, you, if, you're, if you're tuned into the uh, 24-hour news cycle, which I'm not telling you to be. I'm just saying if somebody is, they are, they are uh, the, 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 the things that are happening are getting closer and closer. Yeah. 
I mean, it's the crisis over here and crisis over there, and now it's two crises over here and three over there, and, and they're getting closer and closer. It's coming close. Contractions. <laughs> when you see these things begin, look up. So, praise the Lord. He's taking care of us. I want you to know He's taking care of you right through the middle of all this. See that you be not troubled. We read that. Not a hair of your head will perish. We read that. Um, the fact that he said not to let your heart be troubled means you're going to have to use your faith to get what God has for you in these last days. Uh, without being a person of faith in these last days, you will be in all that's happening to the world will be happening to you. Lack of resources. Uh, you know, uh, distress, King James says, distress of nations. Amplified says, wanting in resources. That's going to be a part of the world out there. Yeah. Pastor, don't say that. Yeah. Well, it said here that it's going to be. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to do anything to be in faith to not, to, to not get in that flow? Without doing something Proactive, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. It will be a part of Christians' lives just like it will be a part of unbelievers' lives. That's why God has been having the message of faith preached for 45 years. He's trying to get the church into the place where what happens in the world is not a part of their lives. Remember Psalm 91? A thousand will fall on thy side, 10,000 at thy right hand. It'll not come near you. God said over in Isaiah, you might want to turn to this, Isaiah 3, 10 through 11. You might want to turn to this. We got to get some scriptures to stand on. Because in this day, we're supposed to be the exception. We're supposed to be an anomaly. Why is it happening all around them and it's not happening to them? Exactly. Come on. 2008, I couldn't even hardly feel there was a recession. Many of you have the same testimony. Many FOF churches, I know it's not just for FOF churches, they're just the ones I know the most about. But many FOF churches prospered more during that recession than any other time. And many of them prospered even more than that during COVID than any other time. That's what I'm talking about. At destruction and famine, you will laugh and go, ha, 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 Glory. But notice here in Isaiah chapter number 3, 10 and 11, Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him. He shall eat the fruit of his doing. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him. In other words, say this to the wicked, it'll be ill with him, for the reward of his hand shall be given him. Well, he's talking about sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Well, he's saying people that are sowing to, to right living, sowing to the plan of God, walk, sowing the word to their heart so that they're full of faith and not care and anxiety. He's saying they're going to have a completely different harvest. At the same time, everybody else is getting a bunch of junk. God has a different message for the church in the last days than he has for the world in the last days. I was meditating on some of these things, preparing for it. And some, it started coming earlier, but yesterday I was, last night, preparing for it. And the Lord kept, this phrase came, kept coming up in my spirit, end time churches. End time churches. End time churches. I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to say? He said, and, and he gave me some verses in Ephesians. I don't have time to go to them all, but Ephesians. He said, the Bible talks about the dispensation of the fullness of time. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says that, uh, that uh, you can be a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, let me just re read a couple of these. Because this is what is ours in the end times. Uh, I just gave you Ephesians chapter number 110, that in the dispensation of fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth. That sounds to me like the rapture. Yeah. Yeah. Then he said in Ephesians 319, uh, know that, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
Bible says a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Then he said in Ephesians 4, 13, till we all come into the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God under the perfect man of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Whew, man. We're going to see fullness in these last days. That's the mark. I'm talking about in the church. We're going to see fullness in the last days. Everything God planned, in, in, to the, everything, the, every, the, the, the glory of God in fullness. Yes. Revelation in fullness. Believers walking in their authority over the, yes. over the forces of the enemy in fullness. Gifts of the Spirit in manifestation in fullness. Not just one raven providing for the body of Christ, but millions of them. Maybe not always a raven, but I'm talking about miracles of provision. Fullness. And fullness, he said this, he said there's going to also be fullness of the five-fold ministry offices, just like has been prophesied. Brother Hagin talked about it. Dr. Frayne prophesied it. And he said, you're going to see the fullness of all these ministry offices. And he said, the fullness of the pastor is something that you've never seen. He said, and you're going to see the fullness of it. And those that are connected with these end-time pastors who are walking in fullness, they're going to see fullness. That's what he told me last night. Oh, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. It will be said of pastors and ministers today. I'm reading what the Spirit said to me last night. As it, was, as it was said of Jesus, never a man spoke like this. He said, it'll be also as Jesus, what had happened in Jesus in John 7, 46. Uh, they, they came back and said, because really in John 7, the high priests and people sent soldiers and people to go arrest Jesus. Yeah. They came back without him. They said, well, where is he? You're supposed to bring him. They go, uh, nobody's ever talked like him. It just took him in. Yeah. 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 They couldn't arrest him. <laughs> he said, that's the way it's going to be in the end times. Yeah. And then he gave me these verses over in uh, Acts 6.10. Somebody said, well, that was just Jesus. Well, look at this. John, I mean, in Acts 6.10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom by which he spake. That's Stephen. <laughs> Amen. Matthew 7, 28 and 29, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. That's, he said, you're going to see fullness of everything, fullness of utterance, fullness of revelation, fullness of the power of God, fullness of the glory, fullness of the fivefold ministry offices. He said, there's going to be such fullness. And he said, those that are, uh, well, let me read this just like he said it. He said, end, end time pastors will speak skillfully, accurately, boldly, and with power. Their words will be inspired and bring divine answers to every strategy of the enemy. Their words will be freighted with power. Those who sit under their ministry will have a divine edge. A superior quality, a higher flow. They will go beyond the usual mark and reach their high calling, the fullness of God's plan for the believer. And they will know their God and they will be strong and do exploits. He said they will be untouchable ones. Nothing within their realm of authority will be touched. It's like whenever there were plagues in Egypt. It was the, none of the firstborn in Israel's camp was touched. None of their, you know, they didn't have frogs. They didn't have flies. That's God's pattern all throughout yeah. history. Whenever Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, he got the righteous out, which was only Lot and his family. When the flood came to, to Noah's day, the righteous were delivered from that. Plagues in Egypt, no plagues in Goshen. The devil trying to get it on in the last days before the tribulation doesn't touch on one of us. Yes. That's what's available. But it won't be available. Well, it's available. I shouldn't say that. But it won't be operating for people that are in these churches that are not moving into end time churches. Not going with the full message of the word of God. The Bible says, Jesus, let's go back here to Matthew 20. Four. I think it's in Matthew. Let me find it. Um, 
uh, yeah, Matthew 24 back here. He says it's going to be like in the days of Noah. When he's talking about the end times, he said in verse number 37, but as the days of Noah were. Remember the boat and the animals and the flood. So also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, how many of you know when the flood came, Noah, that flood didn't, the judgment that came on the whole world was not for Noah. And it didn't touch him. Are you, are you glad you're here this morning? So I want you to see this. When it comes to, when it talks about Noah in the last days, I want you to see something about him. Um, Noah, Noah and his ark is a type of being in Christ, first of all. And really, the, the you know, you got to, when, when we say in Christ, it has a legal side and it has a experiential side to it. All believers are in Christ. If they're born again, they're in Christ. But not all of them are practicing John 15 in Christ. John 15, he said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bring forth fruit except it abide in the vines, no more can you except you abide in me. And the other translations say something like this, maintain a living union with me. Not just a legal connection. You know, he's father and I'm child. Jesus is redeemer and I'm the saved. That's a legal connection. That's all legalities and that's actual legal facts in the experience of every believer's life today. But not everybody's taking advantage of that. And no, not everybody's experiencing the, the, the practical side of fellowshipping with him over those things that actually makes what is available legally an experience. And therefore, he said, without doing that, you cannot bear fruit. Like the vine and the branch, John 15. You can't bear fruit. This is really good this morning. I don't know. I'm not glorifying myself. You sure heard me before the anointing came on me to preach. You know, so. <laughs> but what he's saying is that connection is what enables you to bear fruit. You can't bear fruit. Without me, he said, you can do nothing. So the Noah's Ark is a type of being in Christ. But more than that, it has to do with a vital union with him. And being in Him uh, and, and growing and, and, and really experiencing Him for, for all that He is. And actually, a part of this, a part of this, because this is God's plan for all His children, a part of the ark, a, a part of the way you could interpret the ark is the local church. It wouldn't just mean that. But think about it, because Noah, whenever there was things going on all around him, the flood of trouble. You could say that was a flood of trouble. <laughs> that was going on all around him. Where was he at? He's riding on top of it. Isn't that right? And so he was in a place of refuge, a place of safety, prepared by God for those who believe and love him. God wanted, you know, he wanted to spare the world of that flood. God is not, the Bible said he has no pleasure in the death of the righteous. But sometimes it's just sowing and reaping. You understand? So God's, God had Noah preaching for over a hundred years, they say, and he didn't have one convert. <laughs> and you're complaining about what? You know? Nobody said, I, I believe that God spoke to you and that flood's coming. I'm, I'm going to get in the ark with you. And when the flood did start coming, they wanted in. Remember that? But God had shut the door. It wasn't Noah. I believe it was the mercy of God to, to shut the door for Noah because the Bible said God shut it. That way you can't make Noah the, the, the bad guy. Amen. Anyway, so like Noah prepared the ark before the flood... The local church is the place God prepares his people for the flood of trouble that's coming in these last days by building the word of God and the promises of God on the inside of them. Yeah. Uh -huh. Amen. Amen. There it is. Amen. Amen. Yes. 
People that are feeding on the Word, going to church, fellowshipping with other believers, being strengthened, learning to walk in their authority, learning to walk in love. We're learning, to, learning what opens the door to the devil and how to keep the door to the devil closed. People that are vitally connected to that kind of progression in, in their spiritual walk with God by not just their own... We all have our personal fellowship with God, right? And we don't need the church to, to go to heaven, so to speak. But according to, I'm saying, according to the Word of God, we do need these five-fold ministry offices to grow up spiritually. He gave them for the perfecting of the saints, the maturing of the saints. Bring their life into order so that they can survive and, yea, even thrive in these last days. But you can't do that without a strong diet and a good connection to God. Number one in your personal life, we're not poo-pooing that, but say, how many of you know God's plan is extra, extra, read all about it. He wants us to get together in companies, just like we said in the first hour where John and uh, Peter and John, how many of you know they, they were threatened and commanded not to preach anymore? Well, they ran to their own company. In other words, they went and got in the ark. <laughs> I like that, don't you? And so, um, by building the Word of God and, and the promises of God on the inside of people, they are properly preparing for the last day's flood of trouble. Praise God. How many of you know you, you can look at the, the local church as a place of refuge from what's going on out there? Isn't it a place of safety? Isn't it a place of coming together and being safe and, and hearing from God and getting instruction and building our faith? Oh, I love being together with other believers. Amen. And so I believe people that are prepared, because Noah prepared. Remember it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, by faith Noah prepared an ark. Faith people today are getting ready for whatever the devil tries to throw at them. Part of that preparation is being in church. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You know what I mean by that? But you need to go tell somebody else. The end times are here. You better get in church. You better get ready, get ready, get ready. Because you can be an exception to all that's going to be happening out there. Or you can be a statistic. Amen. I'm going to thrive right in the middle of anything that's going on. Thrive. Not just survive. I'm not buying survival food. I'm going to thrive. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You and I and anyone else that is, is being prepared by building up their faith and standing and, 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 and being a part of the local church, so forth and so on, uh, they will really be a sign and a wonder in these yes. days. Yes. And that's, what, that's one of the things that will draw people to us. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. What's different about you? Everybody else is going bankrupt, losing their house. What's different about you? You paid yours off in the middle of all this. That's the kind of signs and wonders that gets people's attention. And you'll say, I'll tell you how it happened. I got ready for this before it came. The, the Spirit of God, because He's so good and gracious, showed me how to, where to, and, and, and get ready for it so that I'm not shaken by all this stuff. And you can get in on it too. God loves you just as much as he loves me. Amen. I, I, I like the idea of riding on top of whatever the devil's doing down here. <laughs> Amen. You know how you ride on top? You find out you're seated with Jesus far above. Seated with Jesus far above. I did it. I preached myself happy. Scared of the end times? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. What an opportunity to get to snatch people out of the kingdom of darkness. That real, real strength and real, real victorious living means not only are you living in victory, but you help other people come over into victory. You help other people come over into victory. Amen. Hallelujah. People that are seated above, they tread on serpents and scorpions. Hallelujah. They've been prepared. Praise God. Church is a safe place for the believer in the day when Satan is going about with great wrath because he knows his time is short. He knows his time is short. You ever read that? That's in the book of Revelation. 
He said, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows that he hath but a short time. He knows. Remember that Jesus would cast out demons, and the demons would say, Are you come to torment us before the time? He knows there's a time coming where he's being thrown into the bottomless pit. And before that time comes, he's mad. He's running around mad. Amen. The Bible says he's seeking whom he may devour. Well, that shouldn't scare you because uh, we have authority over him. That's what Jesus meant. He said, you'll tread on serpents and on scorpions over all the powers of the enemy. But listen to how the Lord showed me this. I, I never thought about some of these things. The enemy knows that he's going to, uh, that he has a short time. He's running around with great wrath. But the Lord said this to me. He said, um, because the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 1, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. That means dangerous times. Now, that's not talking about you. That's talking about out there in the world. Yes, yes. Uh, remember, a thousand will fall on my side, 10,000 won't come near you. But perilous times means dangerous times. And that's what these, these passages in Matthew and Luke are talking about. It, uh, you know, a lot of turmoil. A lot of trouble, not only in the natural world, but in societies, in cultures, in economies, in inter, interracial relations and all these things. It's going to be a, just a time out there. But he said, um, this is the way the Lord showed it to me. Um, there'll be violence. There'll be earthquakes, famines, doctrines of devils. People will be haters of good people. You know, uh, you know that's, we see that today, fierce. The Bible uses that word in 2 Timothy 3. Men will be fierce. Have you ever seen that? People can just get mad and mean. Uh, self, that, those are devils, by the way. Yes. Selfish, and the Bible said lovers of evil. You put that all to together, that's a dangerous cocktail for serious trouble. Amen. The believer is the target of the enemy. I'm not trying to preach you into sadness today. I'm just simply saying... This is what we're exempt from. This is what, yes. but we've got to use our faith. Yes. Why has the faith message been being preached for 45 years or so? It's mainly to get us ready. <laughs> Live victoriously. So really, um, the believer represents God. And Satan can't get to God, so he's trying to get to the believer. Amen. Uh, we are the ones who are standing to bring God's will to pass. We're the ones who stand for what God said is His will, that all men be saved, and we're, we're a part of that, and we're getting the Word of God out and the gospel out. We're, we're, we're in His way. We're keeping Him from doing what He wants to do. Do you know that? Do you know that about you? Let me look at faces over here and see if I can... <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So what are we saying? Um, the Lord said this to me. He said, these last times will be this way. But in the last days, the local church is a place for the believer to be equipped to stand against all this. Amen. So the Bible said, when the Spirit of the Lord, well, let me, let me read this. Isaiah 59, 19. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Isn't that what the Bible says? The enemy comes in like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. The Amplified says, in other words, the Amplified adds, and put him to flight. The enemy can be put to flight whenever he comes in like a flood. That's what these end times are, come, him trying to come in like a flood. But in the middle of all that, the Spirit of the Lord, he said, will raise up a standard. Oh, I said, hallelujah. God is raising up. I'm just reading how the Lord gave it to me last night. He's raising up a new breed in these last days, a new breed of pastors and a new breed of uh, believers. You know, doctor, by the way, I, I didn't even think about it until right now. Brother Hagin prophesied, I think it was the first graduation of the Rhema class, the first year. Tramp, tramp, who are these men? Marching through the land. And he said, they're a new breed. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he's raising up a new breed of believers, a new breed of pastors and ministers and leaders, because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, he's gonna, God's going to raise up a standard yes. and put him to flight. And then he said, the Lord said this to me, last day pastors are a new breed. Those pastors who don't move on with God. See, revelation keeps coming to the body of Christ, but some aren't moving on with it. Those who don't move on with God, um, they won't have what it takes to deliver the sheep from what comes against them in these end times. You go to a dead, dry church that just gives you three points in a poem and gets you out in 25 minutes. And makes you more comfortable in the flesh than, than challenge you with the truth of God's word. Those people won't have what it takes. Go to Luke chapter number 21. I know this is bold this morning, but this is not just about here or our church or me as a pastor. This is about, there are many pastors across the nation preaching what I'm preaching this morning. And all of them, I'm talking about all of them. But I want you to notice here in Mark chapter, or, or Luke chapter number 21, Jesus said this in verse 34 and 35, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeiting, that means, you know, the nauseousness of fleshly living, and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. You don't want to be unprepared. See, un, un, unpre unaware means unprepared. If you're unaware that something's coming, you're unprepared for it to be coming. Have your relatives ever showed up un, un, unawares? You didn't have the bed made for them, you know, where they're going to spend the night. You, you don't have food for them in the refrigerator. You weren't aware, so you weren't prepared. I'm not going any further with that. You decide. But, but, but my point is, he said that they can come upon even believers unawares. That word in the, in the Greek means unforeseen. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always. In other words, he's saying, if you do this, watch and pray, you won't, it won't come on you unawares. You'll be ready. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that are coming to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Whoa. You can be ready and he, I always read this, worthy to escape. Uh, I always read this, you have what it takes yeah. Yeah, to be uh, whatever's happening around you. You're kept from whatever's happening around you. Part of that is the local church. Now, that can't substitute for your fellowship with God. That just cannot substitute for your fellowship. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm only preaching, don't, don't take this to mean that all your prayer life comes through the local church. That's not true at all. But see, your prayer life ought to lead you to the local church. Because you're praying, God will say, I want you to connect up with this bunch of wild and crazy faith people over here. <laughs> Moving in the Holy Ghost. Getting signs and wonders and supernatural provision. Learning to walk by faith and take authority over the devil. And they're over there treading down the forces of darkness. I want you to connect with them and get on them what's on, what, get on you what's on them and learn what they've learned and find out what they've learned so that you can walk in victory because the last days are on you. And I'm telling you, whenever it's really huffing and puffing out there, it's not the time to get ready. Now's the time to get ready. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like whenever, uh, you know, the test at school is coming. I mean, it's going to come in an hour. Now's not the time to start studying. I'm going to read this again. Last day's pastors are a new breed. Now, it doesn't mean everybody, because he went on to say, those pastors who don't move on with God. That's talking about moving on with the move of the Spirit. Don't move on with the revelation that has come into the body of Christ. So many pastors are willing to lay down the revelation that's come into the body of Christ in order to have numbers. Numbers does not equal fruit. I'm not preaching against numbers. I believe the churches ought to be full and just can't even get all the numbers in. But fruit, numbers doesn't mean successful. That doesn't make those people successful. You can draw people all different ways. You can draw them with uh, giving away cars, all kinds of stuff. Praise the Lord. 
So he said, those pastors who don't move on with God, they won't have what it takes to deliver the sheep from what's coming against them in these last days. The end times are times of fullness. Praise God. Fullness of revelation, fullness of utterance, fullness of the gifts of the Spirit, fullness of the glory, fullness of the ministry of angels, fullness of the law of sowing and reaping. I like that he put that in there. It's going to take that in these last times. We're going to sow in times of famine and reap a hundredfold, just like, just like Jacob did in the Old Testament. Woo-hoo, glory. I mean, the natural mind in times of famine would be don't, 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 don't give anything away. Don't sow anything. But we're, we've learned. Aha. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. We've learned. We've learned how to tap into the power of God. Fullness of the manifestation of the fivefold ministry offices. Praise God. We're going to see the pastor's office at the highest level it's ever operated in in the history of the church. He's, he's not just talking about the pastor's office, but he is referring to that for the, for the class today. Praise the Lord. Did you get anything out of that? Yes. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I'm thrilled. I don't care about threats and rumors of wars and all that. I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm excited because we're looking at harvest time. Harvest time. And uh, really, if you read Psalm 91, you ought to make that a part of your, your feeding regularly because that's uh, very applicable to these last days. Let's just go there. Well, let's stand up and read it together before we go. What do you say? King James Version, maybe. I don't know what version you've got. Praise be to God. Go to Psalm 91. Let's just read it out loud. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Hallelujah. We'll just start in verse 1. It's only, what, 16 verses here? You ready? Let's make it like a confession. Let's say, you know, because he says, he that dwelleth. Let's say, because we dwell. Let's just make it first hand. What's that, first person? Let's read it. Are you ready? King James. Anybody not have King James? Slide over by somebody that does. Find somebody that does. Since I dwell... In the secret, let's read it together. Since I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers and under His wings I will trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. That's good right there. That's the Word of God. That's a protective force around me. That's, that's called the shield of faith. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Uh, I shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. Only with my eyes will I behold and see the reward of the wicked, because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, my habitation. I'm telling you, habitation is a place where you live. I don't just visit the presence of God. I live in the presence of God. That's what he started out saying in verse 1. All right, verse 10. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. He shall give his angels charge over me and keep me in all my ways. They shall bear me up in their hands, lest at any time I dash my foot against a stone. Oh, I like that. Angels' ministry is, 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 uh, will be in more manifestation in these last days than ever before. You read the book of Revelation, there's a lot of angelic activity in the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. All right, where are we here? Verse 13, I will tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon will I trample under feet. How many of you know that's a reference to the devil and demon forces? Jesus mentioned that in Luke chapter number 10. He said, you'll tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. 
Hallelujah. Let's read that one again. I like that one. I will tread on lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon I'll trample underfoot. Because I have set my love upon him, therefore he will deliver me. He said he will set, set, well, it's God talking here. Let's say it like God. God said he will set me on high before, because I have set, I'm getting it, I have known his name. We're changing all these tenses here. Let's say that again. He will set me on high because I have known his name. You know what that is? That no, you know the authority that's in the name of Jesus. That's how you get sitting, sitting on high. You know, when it comes to sitting on high, a lot of times that, that's a reference to being above and not beneath the head and not the tail. A lot of times it's a term in the Bible re- re- referencing the economic condition you're in. Ooh, I like that. Because you know the name of Jesus, you'll be the head, not the tail, economically. I like that. That's how I read the word. I stop and I meditate on things like that. Okay, verse 15. Uh, I call on him and he answers me. Woo, I like that. That's answered prayer. He's with me in trouble. He will deliver me and honor me. Ah. You know, we honor God and he'll honor us. What is, what is honoring us? He answers our prayer. He hears and he honors what we, the word we bring to him. He honors our faith. With long life. He will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Woo, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine in the last days. That's what I'm standing on in the last days. Father, we love you. We worship you this morning. Thank you. You're faithful to your word. We stand on these things. We have no fear. We do, not cast, we do not carry any care. We cast all our care over on you. We don't fret or have any anxiety about Mr. Putin. <laughs> we don't fret or have any anxiety about anybody. We don't fret or have any anxiety about our government. Father, the government is not our source. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't even call any politician we like our source. Father, you're our source. We wean ourselves off of all other things, and we say we, our hope is in you. Our expectation is from you. And, Father, from you comes all that we need. We thank you for miracles. Hallelujah. Uh, miracles of deliverance in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I love something that... Uh, uh, that Wednesday night, two was, was it a, about ten days ago? Uh, the Keatons were here, and was it here? I think they called for people that had had any effects of the vaccine. Yes. That was awesome. Yes. You know why? Because even if for some reason they force us to try to do something, you know we can stand and it not hurt us. Yes. Amen. Yes. You know our faith is not in whether we do something or don't do something. You, you got to be led. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not just proposing to do everything they say, but well, that's a little big, but um, anyway, but I'm simply saying if it came to where you absolutely had to for some reason, you can say, Father, you said in your word, no deadly thing will, will hurt me. We're above it all the time. Hallelujah. I'm free this morning. Anybody else free? I'm free from care. I'm free from worry about the future. It's an exciting day to be alive. Everybody say, we're in the birth, we're in the birth pangs of a new age. Thank you, Jesus.